Welcome to the Sagebrush Show and Aggie Podcast. My name is Braxton Moon. Back in the booth after laying in bed last week. In front and of, the week before. I was here the week before. Were you? Yes. Okay. I, we went live the two weeks ago. Did we? Yeah. Was, anyway, was, continue. Anyway, well, anyway um, sitting in front of me is my lovely co-host, Braden Clark. Um, Timothy Wilson will be joining us in the booth for in a little bit later. He's just grabbing a phone cord as he misplaced it. Well, Brady... How was your week? You know, it's sour. It's coming off of off of that weekend. You know, we had such a high note, and it sucks that we, to lose that basketball game on Friday to St. Mary's. You know, uh, we were talking about that one being one of the bigger games of the year, and it was it was unfortunate that we had to drop that one. But I don't that that team was really good that night. Jordan Ford was incredible to watch. He was he hit everything. That's a game that we would would have liked to had Nimi back for it, but. It is what it is, and we lost it, and we can go forward. We've got our first loss of the year. Let's move forward and, and see what happens on, on Wednesday. we got San Jose State coming up, but, yeah, other than that, you know, football got, got the seventh win, 7-5 seven, going to a bowl game. It's it's uh, positive stuff happening in football. They're kind of getting, turning the corner a little bit more at the end of the season, you know, winning three of their last four games. It's, it's a positive thing. But yeah, other than that, you know, the loss of to St. Mary's kind of really sour, sour the week. Sour I agree. Week. I mean, you saw I I saw that you saw this, but um, our buddy Timothy Olson tweeted that you know eight years ago being seven and five wasn't an anomaly. Yeah. It only happened two times in the last thirty years. Like we've like we've talked about on this podcast, we've been spoiled with great football records. Yeah, past past little bit. Well, and everyone wants the eleven win season, the ten win season, the conference championship season. Yeah, you know, we talk about it every year. But honestly, an eight win season, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to Utah State football's history, it's going to look as a positive, and uh, just another positive check mark to this ten year run that we've had here at Utah State. So, you know, when it comes to expectations, sure they weren't met, but still another solid positive winning season. That's important. We saw uh, solidified the. The at least uh, winning season. We are not. We're going to either go seven and six or eight and five. So we have another winning season under our books. It's all about building something a little bit more of a tradition. And there's Tim. So we're going to go grab him real fast. So Braxton rambles for a little bit. I'm going to ramble. Yeah. So I think that you know Utah State football definitely showed improvement like in key areas this last month and really kind of like elevated their game. It's really hard to ramble. Like he's running downstairs to ramble, and I cannot ramble for this long. But I mean, if we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna talk about it. I think Jordan Love declares for the NFL draft. I think he's still, you know, has the intangibles to be a first round pick. I think he falls to the second round, definitely, you know, top forty. Um, personally, I I've talked about this before, and I'll talk about it again. I would love to see him be drafted by a team and kind of sit kind of in the Mahomes-esque fashion. Um, a team that I think he'd be perfect for is the Minnesota Vikings as they're, you know, my team. I love them growing up. They have a quarterback there in the building and Kirk Cousins, who his future is kind of uncertain. You know, he ha- there's lots of questions. He can't win the big ones. He, he produces a lot of numbers, but he's just, you know, not 
all the way there. And I think Jordan Love comes in and he fits that core and he fits that that young age group that the Vikings have, and he'll be able to you know elevate them and and kind of help them a year down the line after he sits and Kirk Cousins will be you know either traded or he'll will take his number his cap number off the books. Um, and then with our defense next with the Aggies defense next year, I think you know David Woodward's coming back. We have a lot of key players returning. I think this another year you know. Will be will be good for them. We'll pick up some some recruits. I've seen you know, like I think I think we'll make a big jump forward next year and maybe you know reach that nine ten win season with Henry Columbia at quarterback. Is you know Henry's a really good quarterback. He's a lot more mobile than Jordan Love. Um, it just brings a different dynamic to the team. We have a really good running back coming. Um, played for the state of Idaho. And Tim just got in the in into the into the booth. Tim, we're just talking about next year's uh, Aggie team. Sorry, team. I'm late. One of us can't make it an hour without a phone cord, so here I am. Yep, Tim. That, that'd be Brady, by the way. Tim is in the booth. Uh, if you didn't know, um, Tim took a phone cord last week. Last week, because Tim also needs to charge his phone, which is apparently um, it wasn't his phone cord. So, <laughs> so it, Tim is in the wrong here. <laughs> but it's okay. We we all we all do this. Our loyal listeners will know that I'm not, but that's okay. Anyway, back to next year's football team. I think we'll, we're bringing in some you know really good recruits, really good players, and I think we reach that nine to ten win season that we can reach. Uh, but we got a lot of shuffling going on in the in the booth right now. Um, actually, for the listeners, we have I have a question. Um. I, I poised this to Jordan Floyd and a couple other people. Um, and you guys can just hit me up in my DMs at Haby Moon for the answer for this. But what are your, you know, three favorite albums of the last decade? What are you I, talking about? I was talking about football and then you guys th- disrupted me and then I had to I had to go question. But it's actually really it's a really, you know, thought provoking question. What are your three favorite albums of the past year? Um mine is has a Taylor Swift album in there, a One Direction album in there, and a rap group in there. So this last styles. year, no, the, or the last decade. I was say that there's a, I'm I'm confused. There's a One Direction album that I didn't even know about. Yeah, okay, just cut out like the last five minutes of that. No, it's <laughs> actually really good. Okay, what did you talk about? I talked about uh, Jordan Love declaring for the draft and his draft position. What team I would like to see him go to? Did he declare? No, oh, but, okay, no, buddy. but I I I said he'll probably will. I wonder where he's going. I don't know where he's going. I said he probably will, and then I talked about. Just, you know, just giving a recap to the listeners who have listened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I talked about um, our defense next year going forward and the team's outlook next year. Yeah, it's it's a positive, positive thoughts. I mean, right now we're finally getting to see Tim want to hit that door. And then, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of positive things going forward. Like we, like we talked about right before I left. So seven and five seasons. You know, it's it is what it is. It is a positive look. On the history of Utah State, we we haven't had many, as Tim mentioned. Tim Olson mentioned in his Twitter post that getting to a seven win season is is unheard of in Utah State's history. But also, we don't, we want to make a point that we got to go somewhere from here. You know, these these seven win seasons, uh, they they are they're nice, but we want we want to get that conference championship. We haven't had one in since two thousand twelve. And longer before that, we haven't. It's been a long drop before since we've been champions of the, of our conference. So we got to win the Mountain West, 
It it should be a goal every year from now on, just because we're gonna still be the laughing stock to Boise and everyone else in the mountain if we can't get that get that championship trophy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you, Tim. Well, I can't hear. Maybe myself. maybe the maybe the headphones don't work. Okay. Well. But. Yeah, I th- I think I think the main goal, you know, every year should be playing in that in that championship game. Like, yep. And, and and hosting it. At least once. I would love to see. <laughs> that would be so funny. I just mean, to be. I mean, you'll you'll see it eventually. Yeah, unless they change it and make it a neutral field. Which I think is a, a dumb a possibility, though. Yeah, it is a possibility, but I think it's a dumb idea. If I, if I am the Mountain West, I don't think it's a wise decision, mainly because if if they do do a, a neutral site field, most likely it would be in Vegas, in the Vegas Stadium, and it's not a good look because if, it, for example, this year if Hawaii is playing Boise State in the conference championship game in Vegas. Who's going to be there? Nobody. Boise State will be there. Yeah, they State. they travel really well, but Hawaii fans aren't going to go to that game. It's 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 ridiculous. If and I mean, the Hawaii fans aren't going to go to Boise. Yeah, well, that's true. But yeah. still, it, at least somebody's going to be there. Yeah. Correct. So, Tim, what are you thinking about this football season? Um, I think it ended on a solid note. I mean, seven and five is pretty good. We'll go to a bowl game. Um. I think, as you tweeted, the Armed Forces Bowl could probably be a good spot. Potato Bowl, we travel well to both. I just think that it's a good idea. Where is the Armed Forces Bowl? I believe I believe it's been in Colorado yeah, Springs like in the past at Air Forces Stadium. So okay. that would, it's close enough. It's driving distance away. It's close. Potato Bowl, it's all drivable. Anything in New Mexico or Arizona is good enough. Yeah, so... Tim, how are you? We kind of rushed you in here. Yeah, you guys like to get started without me. So, thank you. But... Brady does have another podcast after this. Yeah. Like, well, I have, I have people coming. I, you, you boy would have been here, but again, as I said, somebody couldn't go an hour without a phone cord. So, you know, anyway, uh, other than that, uh, bowl opportunities for, for Utah State, you got a few options. Tim already mentioned a few. Potato Bowl, I would like to see us there. Uh, you know, out of all of them, I know a lot of people want like exposure and money and all that stuff, but I want to win it. And I don't think that if we go to the Cheez-It Bowl and play a Big 12 school, I don't think we're going to win that one. If we go to the New Mexico, New Mexico Bowl, we're going to play a Sun Belt? No, Sun Belt Conference USA is who we played last year. Um, you know, that, that's an option too. But like, I just want to play a team that we can be competitive against and hopefully bring home some hardware. Yeah, bring home some hardware. I agree. But yeah, so uh, Tim, do you have any final thoughts on the, the football program before we transition? I mean, I think with the the bowl games are interesting. I mean, I feel I almost rather have play somebody like a North Texas and just blow them out. I mean, I feel like us winning, like we lost the kind of the heartbreaker to New Mexico State two years ago, and like at the time we were coming off a three and nine year, things were looking up. We had a new quarterback; it was new. That wasn't that bad of a loss. If we lose a heartbreaker this year, it is really bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas the I don't know, the 52-13 and 13 win didn't do a whole lot for us last year. That would do a ton for this program this year. So I think I, I'm actually really intrigued by this ball matchup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if we – getting to 8-5 and five is so much better than being 7-6, and six, and it, it, it adds positivity to the program. And on a high note, you forget about – or you kind of forget about all those, all those terrible losses. I just want us to end on a high note, 8-5, and five, 
back to back years, eleven and eleven and two. I think that's what or twelve and what well, we were eleven and two last year, right? Yeah, we 11, ended eleven and two. Eleven and two, and then go eight and five. Honestly, when in grand scheme of things, that's a pretty good back to back season. And especially when this is considered a rebuild year. Um most of the guys that are playing right now didn't really play on the team last year. Like the guys that are performing on offense, you got Jalen Warren, you got COC Mariner, you got Caleb Rapp. That's basically our offense. This this off uh this this season, and and we're gonna have to reload again next year. That's gonna be the unfortunate part of it. You got to get some underclassmen just stepping up. Jordan Nathan's and Savon Scarver haven't really been doing much on offense. Devin Tompkins probably being the one bright spot that is in the transfers, um, of those guys. You know Gerald Bright. He's a, he's a good senior. He's retired. Uh, he's retiring. Well, he, I don't I don't think he's gonna be playing in the NFL. So technically, he is retiring after this bowl game. Um. And then, yeah, so a lot of retooling again next year. I'm hoping that we get some young guys in there. You know, it's hard to transfer uh, an offense every year, every two years to transfers. So let's let's hope we get some young guys in the in the in the process to coming in to really fixing our offensive problems and a little bit more consistency going forward. And honestly, I honestly think it's going to be Henry Columbia's year next year. I I, I I brushed up on Henry a little bit mm-hmm. when you guys were gone. I think it changes the offense a little bit. I think he's more of a runner. He's like I, like very I've much already mentioned. Yeah, but I I think Henry's the guy next year. I think so too, and I think it's better for Jordan to move on. I think that he can't really do much to hurt his draft stock. Uh, leaving, I think he can only. I don't think there's anything for him to come back. It, come coming back to Logan. Now there's also the option that his draft stock st- continues to fall, and he gets he gets word that maybe. Coming back for another year is a good idea. I honestly think that if he comes back, he ends up grad transferring to a bigger school. To because the only reason why he would come back is to improve his draft stock, and to do that, I think that would be at a bigger school and with more competition. So we'll see that. But I think that his draft stock is high enough that he should be able to come back. Thoughts, Tim? I think I don't. The only I don't see him transferring. I mean, he's still he's still very high up there. I mean, look at some of the quarterbacks that have done well of. Late, uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson's killing it. He went end of the first round. Gardner Minshew was undrafted. He's done pretty well this year. Sixth round draft pick. Sixth round, yeah. Or nearly undrafted. Um, but it, a lot of uh, Russell Wilson, a lot of these quarterbacks that are doing quite well, Tom Brady even a million years ago, weren't necessarily the top picks in the draft. And if you want to look back at it, some of them have struggled that have gone really high in the first round where that, I don't know, second or third quarterback off the board is done. Daniel Jones, for example, wasn't highly touted. He's done relatively well in the NFL. I don't I don't think he's going to have a problem. I think he has the arm talent. I think that having real receivers, I mean, Ron Quavian Tarver and Jalen Green are NFL-esque receivers. Dax Raymond was an NFL-esque tight end. Yeah. Having real talent with him is extremely helpful. And I think that between pro days and scouting and the combine and all this, I, I think that can only help his, his, uh, his path towards the NFL. And Tipa is also graduating. I think when it comes to draft prospects, I think Tipa and Jordan are the two that have a chance to be drafted. I don't know what Tipa's draft stock is this year. I know that he's got a lot of upward swing towards him because he's got a lot of athleticism there. We'll see where he ends up if he gets drafted. David Woodward should be back next year, I believe. He's a redshirt junior. so he, Correct. So he, he could declare, which I think with his concussion history would be somebody else to look at. I don't know. I mean, I don't – I really – I don't think he comes back because – 
I mean, he's had five concussions. That's why he's been out for the last part of the season. I think if he continues his career, it makes sense to actually try to get paid for it. Yeah, that's a valid point. But uh, his draft stock was low as it was. So if he if he left, it would be really betting on himself because I don't think he gets drafted. He was on the upward trajectory when he was playing. Then he got hurt, and I think that's just going to take away, especially his in injury prone. Um, I don't know if that helps in in that regard. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we got a lot of young guys come back. Who are we excited to see come back next year? Is there is Jalen Warren? I think Jalen's my uh, the top pick for me. Yeah, probably. Um, we got Mr. Idaho for football this year as running back. Okay. He's, I think he's pretty exciting. Um, golly. It's on the spot. I can't even think of who I'm We got on. a few defensive guys who are, uh, who are, who've been playing a lot, freshmen that have been playing, that have been uh, Caleb Haney. Not Caleb Haney. Uh, the corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's a freshman. He's played fairly well this year. Um, Cameron Haney's Cameron, thank you. Graduating, but Cameron Haney, who's the freshman that I'm thinking of? Cam Lampkin. There it is, Cam Lampkin. And Troy Leffert just played pretty well on defense. Kevin Metzenheimer is he stepped in for Woodward, but he's played well enough. Eric Munio is now on scholarship. He'll be back. Um, I think. Senior. I think. Darcy Tompkins. I think they both get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, he's only a sophomore. Yeah. Tompkins is will be a junior next year. And Scarver's still there, too. Do you think that it'll be a, a competition bet between Columbia and um, Peasley? Or do you think Columbia's got it? I think Columbia's got it. I think he's, you know, especially coming in at basically halftime for the games last year. Yeah. I think he he's has got a lot of, he's got a lot of, I think he has a lot of time. game, like playing time under his belt. So I think he's got, he's got There's it. There's a couple other quarterbacks, too, on the roster. Josh Calvin, they gave a scholarship to. Mm -hmm. um, he was a, he redshirted this year. Yeah, the Oran kid, too. Yeah. And what's his, what's his name? Um, uh, Something I think Hill. Um, then they've that got a, that was the lineman. But then yes. they've got um, somebody else, Yaro Devalco. I butcher that. I'm sure out of Washington. And then oh, yeah, I mean, there's always the option for I, which I don't think, unfortunately, that we're much in the market for now as a grad transfer or something along those lines. Or who's the backup for Utah? I don't know. He could come here, but <laughs> Jason Shelley. Uh, he also yeah. Um, the Texas kid that transferred, but Cam Rising. Um, the but yeah, that that positive thoughts on the on the football program recruiting wise, we're not doing too hot when it comes to where we rank in the Mountain West. I think we're in the lower half again. Last year we finished, I think, third behind Colorado State and Boise State. So I, I want us to see recruiting kind of pick up here. Get Gary's guys. We got a lot of prospects. Positive prospects for this for this uh, this recruiting season um that can really flip for the program um it'd be nice to see if gary can flip some of his utah guys um those lower end guys that he wants to bring into up until again but yeah uh football season coming up we don't won't know where we're going until i believe next week that's when they announce it right sunday i believe so yeah yeah it should be this week after the uh after, yeah after the conference championships so it should be Sunday, I believe. So we'll find out where we're going on Sunday. I'm hoping I took off the 20th to the 26th, so I'm hoping that maybe that we're in that in that line. If we're playing in Boise, we're playing January 3rd, which I don't want that because that's just an afterthought game. Uh, I'd kind of like us to be in the first weekend of of college football. Um, but yeah, well, without further ado, we kind of mentioned it earlier, Tim. What was your uh, impressions after Friday? Um, I think this team basketball is, I, I mean, Keta is huge. Um, 
I'm kind of curious as to just, well, I mean, not because Sam has never missed a game. So I'm just, I'm just kind of curious with what this team would look like without Sam versus without Keta. Like if Keta's in there, if, because I think, I think Sam is more valuable um, just because he scores, facilitates the offense. But I, they had a number of, they didn't get a ton in the paint against us, but they I just, their center was not good. Keto, no. he would have, I mean, he would have gone for 15 and 10 that night easy. They, they didn't have it in size. They're, they had an undersized the guy from Estonia. Then they had a couple of guys that were huge, but not athletic. And Keto would just taken them to work. And it was just kind of tough to watch. Um, they they did out-rebound us in that first half, which yeah. was wild to see. Which I, I think was, I mean, two points in that. I Justin Bean played out of his mind when he was on the court. He picked up a, the worst third foul call I've ever seen, um, which really didn't help us because we were up six, kind of had the momentum. Then he picked up a stupid call on a foul. Um, and then I was I was impressed with Trevin Dorius. I thought he played, I mean, for a walk-on, um, he played pretty well, um, kind of exceeded expectations, I think. I mean, at least for now, I think he's earned the backup spot over Kuba because um, I think he's played significantly better. But um, move the ball well. I thought just in the second half, um, kind of the just the difference was that Jordan Ford got hot and Sam Merrill was um, kind of shut down late. We could have done a little bit more, a little bit more to get him moving and get off screens. And there was one, there was one play with like four minutes left. We were up four, and then. Kind of had, again, momentum, and they just ran Jordan Ford off of a couple screens. Alfonso couldn't stay on him, and then he had a big three, then he hit another one, then they hit another one, and then they just got on a run, and that's what killed us. So Yeah, it was, it was so frustrating because there were many opportunities, and this year, until Keta comes back, it's going to just be incredibly frustrating because, man, what this team could be with their star or their, their NBA center, I, I don't know, but, like, they, they haven't played against – luckily, they haven't played a team where the center has been an issue. You know, every team we played this year haven't really had a big man that kind of took us like to work down low. And there's a game coming up in a few games that we're gonna need Nimi back, and we're gonna need him bad because man, that game against BYU in Vivint is gonna be tough. It is gonna be so tough. And like I, I, I tweeted out the the five most difficult games this year. Um, I think one Florida will be the toughest team we'll play all year. I think at San Diego State is going to be extremely tough, and then you can s- switch out these next three games. You can you got LSU on the uh, neutral court. That was an incredibly tough game. You got at St. Mary's. I knew that was going to be a tough game for us, and then BYU in that neutral court at Vivint is going to be incredibly tough, mainly because we've had such a hard time beating BYU, and they have Yoli Childs back, who destroyed us last year, and you know our biggest. Uh, what our weight our weaknesses this season has been our three point defense. When teams can hit three pointers against us, we really shut down and are uh, have a hard time against those. And BYU is one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough game for us. And then also another game to throw in there is San Diego State at home in Logan the first week of January. That that's gonna be so tough. But until Nimi comes back, yeah, I have no idea what this team can be because. You know, we hear a lot of positive things, but Nimi, the, the steps that Nimi takes, and he makes a big impact. I just want him back on the court so we can finally see this team fully healthy and what it, what how good we could really be. I think he's, uh, I you know, I haven't heard anything. I'm not an insider or anything. I just, I think he's back within the next one or two games. He's got to, you got to get him like, back for Saturday. I mean, he's, uh, like Saturday, you know, first conference game in the Spectrum. Like his return there would be amazing to see. 
and it really helped against a Fresno State team. I think I think I think Saturday is the game he comes back. Like, like I think that's important, and you know, get that. He'll he'll miss San Jose State. We don't need him for San Jose State. We'll need him for Fresno. We'll need him for you know conference play. Um, he's on his Instagram doing windmills. I just think I think he's ready. So, Tim, my uh, I mean. Because I kind of thought that I didn't necessarily know how quickly he was rehabbing. And the thing in the fall was that it didn't seem like he was rehabbing all that quickly. Um, so, I mean, the, kind of the thought was that he wouldn't be ready for his, for the season, but he is dunking around. I mean, you see him on the sidelines. He's moving around. He's doing all this. He's warming up before games. I'm I, I'm confused as to why he's not even just playing a couple game or a couple minutes a game or you just throw him out there for a couple minutes and just... I'm really confused by this. And I mean... I've been a sports fan for a while, and I mean, even with the, you get guys that are coming back from major injuries, and they have some, it's kind of, you know, like Clay Thompson's rehabbing an ACL, for example, that's kind of hard to tell when they're coming back, but there's some time frame. With this, there's absolutely none. I mean, it, I feel like since August, it's been like, oh, a week to the rapture. Yeah, like, whenever. It's, like... it's, I don't know, I, I start to worry if he plays this year. Um, if he does come back, I mean, I'd love to be wrong with this statement, but it kind of went from like, oh, he'll be back, he'll be back, he'll be back, he'll be back to, all right, now we're starting to, I mean, now we've lost because he's not playing, and I, I just continue to go into this that it's like, it's. I feel like the LSU game was, oh, if we don't have him and we lose, it's fine. It's like, okay, now we're, a couple weeks later, It's it gets to the point where it's like, okay, great, but when is he going to play? This isn't like... I don't know. I'm I'm not overly optimistic with this. Yeah, he's almost missed a third of the season. Like we're 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 coming up on game nine against San Jose State. If he doesn't play for San Jose State, that's basically ten games in without our best player, our most impactful player on our team. And that's Tim brings up a great point because he's also looking at draft status and how much can he bring to elevate. Because honestly, if you look at draft boards right now, mock drafts, he is not on the first round. If you, and he, you know, we believe in his ability that he could write, raise up in those, but he's got 20 games left to prove that he belongs in the top, you know, 14 to first round picks. And it's, you know, he's got to come back soon. And like, I don't want to make it seem like it's, it's his fault. It's definitely not his fault. It's the medical staff and who's not clearing him. But I, man, that, that game against BYU makes me so nervous because I watched them against Virginia Tech and I watched them against Kansas, and you know they lost to Kansas by 15. And Kansas is a very good squad. UCLA is trash. I don't care what any BYU fan tells you. That's not a good basketball team. Um, but Virginia Tech was very formidable. They they beat Michigan State, and Michigan State, you know, is one of the best teams in the country. And yeah, it to have Nimi back for, against Yoli is going to be huge. It's going to be the first test we play all year against a big center that or a big big man. We need our dominant defensive low post centered there to, to kind of mend our wounds around that. Cause uh, and Tim brought it up. Cuba, you know, we, we could have used Cuba uh, against St. Mary's, um, especially when uh, Justin got his third foul. But that's, that's the thing The we, we, we are very deep in wing players and we are deep in point guards, uh, in in that guard play, in guard play and forwards, but we are not deep at center. And I think Kuba's out for a couple weeks too. I don't think like I'd be surprised if he's back by BYU. Um, and I, to be honest, oh god, this just has. I mean, Kuba 
trying to guard Yoli that's just going to end in a that's I mean I think that that's Justin's I think Justin will if if Nimi is not back I think Justin will end up guarding and I honestly don't think uh Nimi will guard Yoli for the majority of the game I think Justin would guard Yoli just because the way that Nimi plays he's very much a a a three-point jump shooting center and then when he's on the low post I bet we play some sort of zone where Nimi's uh, holding the middle, and then whenever Yoli's in the post, he he'll he'll move on to him. But yeah, so we got San Jose State on tomorrow. What are we What are we expecting from San Jose State this game on Wednesday? Are we expecting we should beat them by thirty? I I think one of the things that I'm kind of I mean Justin Bean had 21 the other night. I'm not sure if he had a double double because he didn't play most he of the had, first. I half. think 24 nine is what his stats were. He, yeah, he was close. If he is, and it, I mean, there was a few of them where he's he pulled up from mid range. I'm like, oh, that's not your game, but he made them all. And I, if he's consistently making a jumper, I can't believe I'm saying this because he wasn't even on scholarship last year. We've heard the story about how he got recruited at Subway, but <laughs> he he may be the second best player on our roster right now. Yeah, and that's a, another point. Alfonso didn't play too well against uh, St. Mary's when we needed him, and it was just one of those games that like. You know, it was Sam and Justin, and when Justin went out with his third foul, he kind of pulled us back. But uh, kind of keeping it going on, on the San Jose thing, do you think they don't have much of – I don't expect this game to be close. I don't expect it to be – I think this is a game to get get right. Vegas has Utah State as 21-point favorites. 21 points? Yeah. yeah. That's what I figured. It's It should be a blowout. We're on ESPN2 at 9-15. Ugh. Late night. Ugh. Very late. I gotta work the next I know, morning. Right? God, I'm calling know, in again. 11, <laughs> 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. Roughly midnight when it gets over. But yeah, I'm hoping for a blowout. Honestly, that game against Fresno State is gonna be very fun. And you know they're they're honoring Craig Smith in a weird way. The, 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 the bald stu- caps. Yeah, the student section. Heard, what they're are you have... doing? That's so funny. <laughs> what are you doing? So, what are you doing? Ah. <laughs> Honestly, like I mean, it, it, good for them. Like, uh, like, what's the word to tie to a basketball game? Let's be honest here. There's there's very few things that going on on Saturday. It should be, and it's <laughs> at four four p.m. too. Like yeah. on national TV, kind of AT and T Sports Den, so it's not really yeah. national TV; I mean, it's Western TV. But you and I are both planning on going up there, Brady. Tim, yeah. do you think you're going? Or uh, I will be uh, at Brighton. Okay, Tim is going to be skiing. Skiing. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably I'll probably make it up there, and like I'm excited to see you know the spectrum. Hopefully, kind of full. It's it should be like it's it's a 4 p.m. Saturday g- game in Logan. Still ranked team. Sure, we came off a loss to St. Mary's, but that's nothing to scoff at. I mean. Let's talk about that for a little bit. We're still ranked. Yeah, we still have that number. Twenty five. It's. Like, I'm shocked by it. To be I'm, honest. Honestly, I'm. I'm shocked by it. Um. I. I mean, this team is. It's a top ten team, mm-hmm. sure. And I. I thought one loss would drop us out, but I'm excited to still be. You know, twenty fifth. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's like, the sky is not falling. No. We lost one game. I, I expected us to lose a game this year, and, you know, I thought it was going to be LSU. It happened to be St. Mary's. I mean, look, someone on this show said we'd go undefeated. Tim? I, I'm not going to say who. It was me. It was me. But <laughs> It was definitely Braxton. I mean, You're not I, getting your phone cord now. <laughs> but honestly, like, that was just me blabbering as I as I do. He's a diehard Aggie fan. Big, big Aggie guy. But I think, you know, two or three losses still is, a like, Three losses at the end of the season is not the end of the world. Yeah, people were freaking out that we lost. It's like it's basketball season. You're not going to win every game. St. Mary's is one of the best teams that will play all year. 
St. Mary's is, will make the tournament. Yeah, they're going to make the tournament. They're going to finish second. And honestly, from what I saw again, from Gonzaga against Michigan, and granted, Michigan's really good, but they they stomped. They got stomped by Michigan, down by ten, lost by like th- I think they lost by like eighteen. I wouldn't be surprised if BYU or St. Mary's beats Gonzaga this year and dethrones Gonzaga as the 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 perennial favorite coming out of the WCC this year because that that Jordan Ford kid man he he knows he can he can light it up as How good many, as anybody will play this year. He scored what 20, 21 points in the second half. It was unstoppable. It was like he he was making plays of like I was, I think we were talking about it. I was like this guy is amazing. Yeah, like, it was so I, frustrating. It's so frustrating, and I mean, we talked about you know point guard defense, point guard play, but he just he was better than anyone than everyone on the court. You know, yeah, there are very few guards will play all year that are, that are going to be better than everybody on our on our court. I think Jordan's better than Sam. I think Jordan's better than um, the most of the players will play all year. Yoli's going to be another player that's going to be up there. That uh, is one of the best players will play in the entire country. You know, Florida's got a couple guys there as well, but I don't think. I don't think we'll see as a dominant dominant performance as we saw from Jordan Ford going forward for this season. What do you think, Tim? I think uh, again part of the issue that uh, I mean the best player on Florida is Kerry Blackshear, um, and he's a long, big center. Um, and then Yoli is again a bigger player. I I don't. <laughs> this is going to not be a fun next month if we don't have Keta back. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean. And as much as we love Justin, he's foul prone. He gets so many fouls that it just kind of throws our throws it through the loop. Because as it stands right now, I have high confidence in this team that they can win a lot of games without Keta as long as Justin Bean and Sam Merrill on the court the majority of the game. Justin hasn't proved himself able to not because he's so. It's just the way he plays. He's so energetic. He's so everywhere that he's going to get those touchy fouls he's gonna get the over back calls because he's just jumping for every ball i mean his uh, he had two fouls and i think that he did that and then craig left him on the floor to pick up his third his third foul may have been literally the worst call i have ever seen so i'm willing to trust him i mean part of this comes down to that our you know seven two center that's on scholarship is the flimsiest person on the planet i mean let's be honest here bean has to body up people that are four inches taller than him Mm -hmm. which naturally leads to fouls um, we need cut it back. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got San Jose State on Wednesday, and then we'll come back next week to talk about um. Well, we got we got a few games in between there. So we got San Jose State on on Wednesday. You got Fresno State on Saturday. Fresno State still another lower end Mountain West school. I, I don't think we should be close in that one either. And it's at home, and I, I, it's the last home game all year. So I think that's going to be a, a big, a big positive to us. I and mean, we have the we have the weekend, and they come back. Then we got St. Catherine on Tuesday. That's the they're the the school's doing a, a special for that. It's so it's the temperature outside is how much the ticket costs. Wow! So the temperature at eight a.m. that morning is how much the ticket will cost. What if it's negative? And then it's a dollar. Okay. <laughs> I, that, that question was answered. But I think, I mean, it, it should be a cold. So, you know, two what is bucks. the What is the weather, <laughs> the weather for so, Logan? That, that would be funny. A dollar for a ticket? And there's 10,000 there 10, seats, 10,800 seats roughly in the spectrum. I mean, excluding the student section. but The student section, so probably like $6,000. Who's uh, Send Lob a text. Hey, Lob, $6,000. $6, Pay for everyone to go, uh, go see the Aggies. <laughs> 
That's uh, that's Dude, a, that's like a, a trip to Costco for that man is more expensive <laughs> than that. But. Exactly. So that's funny. Uh, yeah, St. Catherine on Tuesday, and then we're back here in Salt Lake. The Aggies are coming to us. They are on they, Saturday. They're going to be down the road from our work. So I'm going to the the BYU game on on Saturday or December 14th. We, so. Tim and I have well, we were all supposed to go to a Christmas party, but I think I'm going to skip out and go to that game instead. Yeah, I'm. Go- I'll I'll be here. Unfortunately, not unfortunately, I can't go to the Christmas party. Unfortunately, but I'm really happy to be able to go and watch the Aggies play BYU. Hopefully, it goes better than last year. But honestly, seven and one is what I expected us to be at this point. Yeah, it, it, and I think that's kind of uni- unanimously seven and one is a good spot to be in. And we can only move up. Well, we can move down, but like the, it's fun being able to move up in the in the polls. I like seeing where we are, but it's it's so frustrating to look at. Like, oh, we could have been thirteen because that's probably where we would have been slotted. But it is what it is. We're seven and one going to San Jose State tomorrow. Possibly moving up in the polls again. If we, I don't think we actually move up this week, but if we beat BYU, and then uh, I think we'll we'll move up a little bit more. But it's positive thoughts. Aggie basketball is still. In in good light, without Nimi, we still have a lot of positive things to talk about. Just man, get healthy, Nimi. We need you back. Yep. All right. Any last thoughts? Nothing. Yes, I have a last thought. Okay. Um, Coach Craig Smith ran a great inbound play with uh, 52 seconds left. Um, it was super sexy. Me and my buddy Tyler were texting back and forth about it. Um, but Sam missed. Um, what are the last thoughts? Uh, I'm super excited to go to Disneyland in a little bit. And that's my last thoughts. I'm really curious what you said in that like five minutes when I was gone. <laughs> the truth came out. True. Uh, Tim, you have any last thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night. This, this, has been, been, this, this has been the Sagebrush Show and Aggie Podcast, presented with your presented by your hosts Tim Wilson and Brady and Brady Clark and Braxton Moon. Good night. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.